You're listening to the Christian Life Issues for today podcast series. We've been having podcasts on the subject of your family, God's Way, from a book that I wrote uh, several years ago. The subtitle was Developing and Sustaining Relationships in the Home. And primarily to this point, we've been talking about various aspects of the very important subject of communication if we're going to build our families God's way. Now today, we turn to another very important and very common problem, namely the issue of preventing and resolving conflicts. What the Bible has to say about how to prevent and resolve conflicts. And our first podcast is entitled, uh, Why Families Fight? We begin with the question, why did Paul write to the Roman Christians, it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone? That's in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. Now, is it possible, as far as it depends on you, to live at peace with everyone. Well, it was because Paul knew that these people were having interpersonal conflicts, and so he was going to tell them that it is possible to resolve them or to prevent them if you handle your disagreements God's way. Now, just because... Paul knew that they were having interpersonal conflicts. He said that they should do whatever they could to prevent and resolve conflicts. Now, interpersonal conflicts are very common. And so the Apostle Paul makes this point when he says, Therefore, let every one of you make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. That's Romans chapter 14 and verse 19. Every one of you do whatever is necessary to secure peace and mutual edification. Romans 14 verse 19. The Bible says, except him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on that person. Because agreeableness really matters. You must make sure that you do not pass judgment quickly on disputable matters. Now, Paul was saying, brothers, I know you have difficulties and conflicts in reference to opinions, but don't allow your opinions to drive you apart. This theme occurs in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. He says, after he made his 
brief introduction in that epistle. The first issue that Paul addresses in that epistle is this matter of conflict. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want all of you to agree with one another in reference to any divisions that you have. He said, I want you to put away your divisions that are among you, and I want you to agree with one another so that you have one mind and one thought. And then in the next verse in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, My brother, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11. The preceding verse I quoted was 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. He says, My brothers, some from Chloe's family, her household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. And then he says, in effect, relationships among church members had become strained. Their witness in the world was being hindered. People desperately needed help in learning how to resolve conflicts. And then in many other New Testament letters, Paul uses similar kinds of appeals and he tries to encourage them to understand the relevance of learning good skills in terms of conflict resolution. For example, to the Galatians, Paul writes, if you keep on biting and devouring one another, that's conflicts, not literally biting and devouring, but it was like that it was happening. They were really hurting one another. He says, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That's in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 15. So, the Bible makes it clear in many of the New Testament epistles that people have conflicts and that they need to, if they're Christians, resolve those conflicts. In the book of James, James declares peacemakers who sow in peace will raise a harvest of righteousness. And then he asks the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't you know that those who fight and quarrel with one another will really destroy one another? They'll also hinder their witness for Jesus Christ. He says in James chapter 3, verse 15 through chapter 4, verse 2, you quarrel and you fight. And so James makes a point that is not merely academic. He says you can be sure that conflicts were very common among the people to whom he was writing. Unfortunately, 
the situation is much the same today. We'll still see Christians biting and devouring one another, usually not literally, but in terms of figuratively, they are biting and devouring one another in the home, in their families, and in the church. They continuously fight and quarrel. In many families, even Christian families, discord is a natural state of existence. Well, what about you and your family? Do you ever battle with other family members? Have you ever contended with your employer, your work associates, your neighbors, your fellow church members? I'm sure there's not a person listening to this podcast who hasn't had some conflict with somebody. Some have more conflicts than others, but almost all of us at one time or another have some disagreements, which unfortunately turn into conflicts with other people. And that even happens in the church. I had some conflicts with somebody You've had some conflicts with somebody. Some have more conflicts than others. But if we're honest, all of us will admit that we've had conflicts with other people, including members of our family. Well, occasionally people will say to me, we differ on almost everything. We just can't seem to agree. Certainly this proves that our marriage wasn't the will of God. That's what some people say. My response is that Adam and Eve were tailor-made by God for each other. They were a perfect match. God brought them together. And yet they became enchanted with each other. Adam blamed Eve for eating the forbidden fruit. Eve blamed the serpent And then they even blame God. Rebecca and Isaac, in the first book of the Bible, were especially brought together by God. God led Abraham's servant and Abraham's servant found Rebecca and he watched for a wife for Isaac. That's in Genesis chapter 24. This servant of Abraham, Jacob, he was specifically led by God to the woman who was to be Isaac's wife. So that's in Genesis chapter 24. But the book of Genesis reveals that they were people who had their disagreements, even though They were led to each other by God. That didn't mean that God had made a mistake. They just had to learn how to prevent and resolve their conflicts, which is what this podcast is all about. Contrary to what many may think, the difference between a happy marriage and an unhappy home is not the presence or absence of differing ideas. The basic difference is that in the one family, people have learned to 
prevent and resolve their conflicts if they do arise. And persons in other families where they're very unhappy and in a constant state of conflict, they don't know how to prevent and resolve their conflicts. One counselor says it this way, let us react against the stupid idea of chance, which leads some people to imagine that we might hit upon a pearl of a wife or a husband, as you might if you were involved in a lottery. Besides, it would be very difficult being married to a pearl if you didn't find yourself in the same category. What really happens is that people need to work out together their disagreements so that they don't become conflicts and interfere with marital happiness. It is a goal to strive after, not a privilege acquired at the outset. So-called arguments often lead to a divorce. It's likewise a common practice for people not to really, when they're in courtship, phase of their relationship before they get married, it's not unusual for them to hide their differences. They simply do not tell people exactly what they're thinking at that point. And then they get married and then the breaks are off and they begin to realize that they're not as much in agreement as they thought they were. You know, what happens is You have people who get married not really understanding or knowing the other person. And frequently we hear saying, she's really changed, so after we married, or he's really changed. And the point is that both of them uh, haven't really changed much. It's just that they've been more open with what they disagreed about. And so... They need to learn how to resolve their conflicts and prevent them from occurring. That's so important if they're going to have marital happiness. And so resolution, prevention of conflicts is a goal to strive after. It's a privilege to be gained as you work at it. So-called emotional incompatibility is a myth. And it's invented by jurists, says this one author, who are short of arguments in order to plead for a divorce. It's likewise a common excuse that people use in order to hide their own failing. It simply does not exist, this thing of emotional incompatibility. All of us, because of our The Bible says we're born as sinners and we turn every man to his own way. 
Well, because of that, and we're not handling that situation rightly, it leads to disagreements, it leads to conflicts, and then we don't handle those conflicts properly. In reality, there are no emotional incompatibilities. There are misunderstandings and mistakes, however, which can be corrected if there's a willingness to do so. Paul Tournier, a counselor, realistically and biblically states several truths about marital and family happiness. He says family members will have some struggles in understanding each other. That's just something that you can expect. That's par for the course. Although family happiness does not come automatically, it is attained by hard work. Some people take issue with that particular statement and they say such things as we have never had conflicts in our marriage or family. Such a claim suggests one of several particular perspectives. And one is that they do have disagreements but they are afraid to voice those disagreements to the other person. And remember one such case vividly. An older couple came for counseling because the wife was experiencing depression. She saw no point in living. She was ready to give up entirely. And so she would often in counseling just sit there and cry. I decided to explore their marriage relationship. When I asked her to tell me something about their marriage, she looked at her husband and responded, my husband and I never had a conflict. Her husband nodded in agreement. I said, you mean you've been married for all this period of time and you've never had a difference of opinion with your husband? You've always seen eye to eye on absolutely everything? Oh, she said, I've had differences with him, but we've never had an argument. I said, how do you explain that? She glanced sheepishly at her husband and then said, we don't have arguments because I keep my opinions to myself. Early in our marriage, when I disagreed with him about something, he said, Let's not argue. I don't like to argue. And so she learned that to get along better, it'd be better if she kept her ideas to herself. And though the woman 
asserted that she and her husband had never had a conflict. In reality, they never had an external conflict. Instead, she suppressed her ideas, her perspectives, to keep peace in the family. And for 45 years, she lived in silent turmoil. Though she had the intelligence to make independent judgments and draw different conclusions, she never felt free to share her thoughts with her husband. Their lack of discord was more myth than mere fact. They were having conflicts, but they just never acknowledged that they had disagreements. And she shut them up, pushed them down, and ended up in terrible depression. Well, the other possibility when people say that they never have conflicts is a bit more positive. The couple may have disagreements, but resolve them before they become conflicts. A disagreement is a difference of opinion primarily in the cognitive, intellectual area. A conflict is a difference of opinion that affects people severely on the emotional and relational level. Some people have learned to prevent conflicts by handling their disagreements biblically. It's not that these people are carbon copies of one another. They have their own opinions and share them, but they respond to disagreements in such a way that they seldom become conflicts. Now, biblically, the scripture indicates that personal experience such as that in terms of interpersonal relationships about disagreements are inevitable. Your personal happiness is affected by the way you handle those disagreements. It's not the disagreement. It's the way you handle those disagreements that's the problem. Scripture declares that it's good and pleasant when brothers live together in unity. That's Isaiah chapter, or Psalm chapter 133 and verse 1. It's good when they live together in unity. Well, the reverse is also true. It's not very good when they don't live together in unity. But most people would tell you that there is no distress more severe than that which occurs when they have unresolved family discord. One friend of mine came through a period of intense pain and uncertainty. And he said that the emotional instability that he was facing almost cost him his life. When his ability to function independently was in question. When family members died and when 
certain family members were having serious problems, it almost destroyed him. Deep depression enveloped him, or it might be true of the wife as well. When a disagreement is never really resolved, then it can be very detrimental in their personal lives or in their relationship. Now, that discord can affect a person's personal happiness almost more than anything else. The way that people respond to disagreements will affect their performance on the job or in the home. Many talented, well-educated people flounder in their careers because of their inability to relate to others. An acquaintance of mine had 19 different jobs in a relatively brief period of time. And they all occurred because of some disagreement. And so many talented, well-educated people flounder in their careers because of their inability to relate to other people. As I said, this one person had 19 different jobs in 19 years. She would take a job thinking that this wouldn't be a time of real happiness. And then her boss or another employee would uh, get angry and even she and the other person would get into an argument. They would see things differently. And before long, in terms of her relationship with her boss, she became very dissatisfied She saw things differently from him on many issues. And then by the age of 40, she had had 19 different jobs. And so she experienced severe depression because she looked at her life and saw that she had accomplished very little. Though she was a woman of great ability, or it might be as I referred to the man who had great ability as well, though they might be people of great ability, they were not really using that ability constructively because they couldn't get along with people and they got in conflicts and arguments. And finally they got so unhappy that they were released from the job and then they moved to another job, thinking that with another employer and another situation would be different and the same thing would repeat itself all over again. So, it's so important to learn how to prevent and resolve conflicts. Well, by the age of 40, these people I was talking about before had experienced severe depression, and uh, they were seriously limited as far as their careers were concerned, and as far as their interpersonal relationship. 
So if you're going to really be successful, you must know how to prevent and resolve conflicts.